Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I'm joined by my wife, Julie. Hey, listeners. So glad you tuned in today. Yeah, they tuned in. They yes. turned their knob, dialed in the correct frequency. Such an old radio term. I love that you still are holding on to that one, just for all the Gen Z out there that really don't know where that's coming from. Yes. So how are things going, Julie? Well, I officially have braces now, so if my voice is weirder, I'm sorry. It's because of the braces. I've been Christmas shopping. I don't know about you guys, but I'm almost done Christmas shopping. Getting out ahead of that supply chain shortage. Hey, David, are you done? No, I am actually not. (laughs) Have you started? I've been thinking about it. He's in trouble. (laughs) Actually, I had to spend about an hour and a half the other night to get a few ideas out of you. Because I have to know who you are after being married to you for 10 years. You Amen. can't just give me a list of what you want for Christmas. I, I can. I, <laughs> I have to actually know what it is. Otherwise, it won't count as a real Christmas gift and I won't have the Christmas heart behind it. So, Amen. yeah, I'm doing my research, my prep. I'm studying you right now. It's all part of the Christmas process. What does she really want, even though she won't tell me what well, she we wants? Well, we can't afford what I would really like, but that's oh. okay. It doesn't matter. I have you and that's all that matters thanks julie likewise you're my christmas gift and it's fun to give gifts for the kids if i'm your christmas gift are you saying i can return what i got you no we'll enjoy that later we'll have to let people know what you got me because i don't really know exactly what you got me but i do have an idea what you got me you may not you might have just gone rogue and just done something totally different like i've done for you you sometimes (laughs) every time (laughs) You, there is Can such you a tell thing as gifts swinging. are a sticky point in our house? <laughs> There's such a thing as swinging too hard and missing. Yes. And striking out. But that'll all change this year. And we'll get back with you in January about how it all went. <laughs> it is, of course, great to actually pick out Christmas gifts for kids. Love doing that. So that's been fun. Yes. As well. Yes. So I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're listening to this on the road to grandma's house for Thanksgiving dinner. We're thankful about so many things. Yes. Thanksgiving dinner is coming. Green bean casserole. Yeah. Green, green bean, bean casserole. It's the best dish. What is your favorite dish? Let us know. Seriously. I was just going to say, let us know your favorite Thanksgiving side dish. That is always a great conversation to have. And What's it's yours? Fun to, fun to know. Uh, it's a good question. I think my favorite is sweet, sweet potato, potato souffle. souffle. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. I kept waiting for you to come I don't out. like too many marshmallows on it, though. You don't need that many marshmallows. Just a little bit of brown Ugh. sugar, a little bit of uh, crunched up walnuts. Has to be walnuts. Don't chintz out and get a different type Isn't of nut. Isn't it pecans? No, it needs to be walnuts. Okay. Walnuts is the way to go. And then, yeah, sweet potato. Not too sugary, but just, oh, perfect. Oh, it's... I'm ready to eat it right now. I'm ready to go. Yeah, please let us know your favorite dish, side dish for Thanksgiving. And today, we are just going to get into it after all of that. Let's just jump right in. We want to talk about how you can be a productive, healthy, growing church member. Somebody who is using their spiritual gifts to edify the body of Christ. Why is it important? Why church? And I think once you get a healthy understanding about this, you start getting the most out of church as well. 
This subject is so near and dear to our heart, and it's been a long time coming for us to do a podcast on this. Being in ministry, you see the beautiful side of people, you see the ugly side of people, ourselves included, because we're Mm -hmm. not perfect. And with that, I think a lot of issues that we see that people are having can be solved by a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, David, let's get started. Okay. I think it would be great to start with a Bible verse, probably one that you've heard of before, but we don't want you to think this is just all our opinion. We want you to see that this is coming from Scripture. So Julie, would you mind reading Hebrews 10, 24, 25? Yes. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah, there you go. Don't forsake assembling. Gather together, and you don't just gather together for yourself. You're gathering to pour into other people, to encourage one another, to exhort each other. As you see the day drawing near, it's talking about we're anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. We're worshiping him. And there's so much to be said about that. But when we started the church, we actually had four things that we asked everybody who was going to be a part of the core group. We asked them to do four specific things. And we slightly altered it when we actually had church members when we started meeting regularly. We added one in there. So I think we want to talk through those bullet points. Yeah. And just elaborate. We've got five of them for you today. So the first one here is having faithful attendance. Yeah. And I would say we're coming out swinging, right? Here we go. I hope you have your steel-toed boots on (laughs) because we're ready to stomp. I want to preface this before we stomp on toes that if you're in one of these categories that we're going to talk about, we're not judging you. We love Mm -hmm. you dearly. Mm -hmm. And we're not trying to just call you out, but we also want to use the scripture that God has laid on our heart to maybe convict you if that's what needs to happen. Yeah, because I was actually talking with someone else in a church about not exactly this subject, but this same point came up. Like, we want life group to be something where your soul finds rest and you have even when you're having a terrible, crummy day and nothing is going right, you want to go because somebody will put their arm around your shoulder and you can cry on it. You're not going to have that if you don't have a transparent, open relationship that that is going on throughout the week. Because it's one thing to have a Bible study and have some good food. And we can enjoy that when the days are great. Yeah, the, Those are awesome. The food is great. Food is always great. But it's another thing to be like, even at the worst moments, to be like, I need these people and I want this. And that happens when you care for someone's soul, which is what you in the New Testament church. So the reason we want that kind of life group experience for you, let's back it up, let's back this up, right? It's not just because we want everybody to be a life group because that makes us all feel better. Mm-hmm. No, like when you have that relationship with the body of Christ, that helps you in your walk with Christ. You have a more solid relationship with your Savior. Mm-hmm. And then as an individual member of the church, you have a greater impact and our church reaches more people for the glory of God. So this all goes, but everything we're going to say today goes back to let's have in our sight glorifying God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And the stuff that we're mm-hmm. talking about here is just really getting the nitty gritty, the blueprint behind making that more of a possibility, making that happen more consistently in your life. So faithful attendance in gathering as a church body 
if your church family has a function to make that a priority is a very important thing. You can't go to everything. We know that there's family, there's stuff. Our church makes a point of not scheduling too many things though. We don't want to have so many programs that you can't do it all. Like the way we look at it is Sunday morning is vital. It's necessary. The number one. If you're not consistently at church on Sunday morning, something's wrong. And if you don't have a chance to have one other touch point during the week where you have community with people, I dare say your schedule needs to be adjusted, right? There has to be a change because you have to be committed to a church family. And if you can only get there two or three Sundays a week, or excuse me, two or three Sundays a month, think about all the things that are going on in your life that are pulling you a thousand different directions that are have way more of an impact on you. Right. That's not health healthy. Yeah. I think one of the biggest problems that kind of comes into play with not being able to be faithful is we are so busy mm-hmm. just in our country, in our lives. What maybe you have kids and it's sports schedules or oh, maybe yeah. you don't have kids. Maybe you work a lot mm-hmm. or maybe you ultimately don't want the truth. If I go to church, I'm going to get the truth. And so we mm-hmm. we subconsciously maybe even make ourselves busy. You stay busy so you don't have to get close Think about, to people and you don't have to dive into those relationships, those real relationships. It's easier to just stay to yourself. Yeah. Some people aren't wired that way. Some people have to be around. Other people aren't. Right. Um, Which I would then in turn, if you are busy, the question that should be asked is, Where are my priorities? Yeah. What are they? Is my relationship with Jesus number one or is X, Y, Z number one? Mm -hmm. Take a survey of your last two or three months of church. How many times have you actually been there? Yeah. When Ron Zappi was here doing the marriage conference, I don't, I think he said this during the marriage conference. Maybe it was us. Did he say this? Yeah. Yeah. He's like the average family unit goes to church 1.8 1.8 times. Wait, is it 1.8? Yeah, 1, yeah. 1.8 times a month. Right. And it might have even been 1.6. I don't remember exactly. It was yeah. either 1.6 or 1.8. So the average person who's a member of a church barely getting there twice a month. I'm sorry, that's going to take Yikes. a toll. That's going to take a toll. I really think one of the biggest underlying issues that has far-reaching ramifications in a thousand different variables is we are just straight up too busy. Like people's lives Mm -hmm. are too packed in. And we're facing this like my boys love soccer. They want to play sports. Yeah, we have decisions to make. You have to intentionally Mm -hmm. strive for balance because if you are not on it, it will suffocate you in one season, like bang, whoa, where, where, what's going on in your head spinning? And there's always fun things to do. And you can't, let, you can't let your kids dominate the schedule either because of course your kid wants to do this and that and this and that and this and that. They don't know any better. They're not the parent, right? Like you have to guide your child. And the other thing that makes this complicated, you already touched on it, we have a rough economy right now. Mm-hmm. And... It's not easy to financially to get on your feet. So I know this is real. And I, I think this is a sensitive subject, but it started with my generation, millennials. It's still a problem with Generation Z. I think sometimes the baby boomer generation doesn't realize you can't just go out there, get a nice job, 
stick with it for 30 years and it's going to put your kids through college and pay the mortgage. It's not that simple anymore. People are working awful hours and they're working two or three jobs. So that's a byproduct of our cultural breakdown, our society breakdown in, in, in the rat race of the, that we live in America right now. And a lot of other deeper rooted problems economically, they're Mm -hmm. all factoring in on this. You have to really work overtime just to keep your life balanced and to keep it simple and to keep your margin. To keep your margin is not easy. So we very much realize this is one of the biggest watershed issues in the whole thing. Right. I know we probably sound super negative right now, and I promise you there's hope, and we're going to talk positive things in a little bit, but we have to get this out of the way first. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, too, I'm reminded when I think of faithfulness to church is there are countries in our world that their governments do not allow churches, Christian Christianity to exist mm. or for churches to meet. Obviously, Christianity can exist, but it's the underground church. And those Christians... They are very faithful to their underground churches. They want to be there. They would kill to have what we have in America mm-hmm. to be able to go whenever we want. Mm-hmm. But yet on the flip side of that, being in a country where there is freedom to worship and gather, at least at this point in our country, yeah. and yet we still don't take it seriously mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and aren't faithful. And I just think that's such a shame. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Julie. So... Are you taking it for granted? Hmm. Do you have a flippant attitude about your faithful attendance of the gathering? Your kids are picking up on stuff when you never miss a sports practice, but everything else comes over church. Yeah. That speaks. And this is what happens. I know we're speaking towards parents a little bit, and this podcast is obviously for everybody. But to just take this segment of parenting for a second, Mm -hmm. what you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. So if you're not taking church seriously and you don't even take your kids to church, Mm -hmm. don't be upset when they're out of your house and they are not in church. Mm -hmm. Right. That's on you. You also have the factor of what you're doing now is building your life. So even if you don't have kids in the home, let's just Mm -hmm. say you're single right now. Let's say you're newly married. The temptation now is like, hey, it's the weekend. We have a little spending money. Or maybe you don't even have a lot of money, but to travel. And there has to be a balance there too, right? Because if you're just going to do the next fun thing, and oh, it's this weekend trip and this weekend trip and this weekend Mm -hmm. trip, while you have that freedom to do that, you're missing something with the body of Christ in the church that you can't have because you're not being faithful to it. And also, at the same time, you can also make church attendance a legalistic thing. So don't misunderstand us. We're not saying you're a spiritual person and you love Jesus because you come to church every single Sunday. That's not it either. (laughs) We're just talking about where are your priorities? How much do you consistently work at keeping the margin to a place where you can be engaged consistently on Sundays? It's not about pleasing God because I'm there on Sunday. I think that's the other extreme side that you can slip into. And then it's just something you do in the relationship with your Savior isn't really there. So we're not talking about that either. We're talking about having a faithful, consistent walk with Christ. Right. I think this beautifully goes into the next point that we have with 
your church attendance, it's twofold. It's you are coming to hear the word of God, to worship. To be filled. Worship through your giving, worship through song. That's a whole other topic for another day of what worship is. But it that's onefold is you're there to be edified and convicted and all those things. But another th- thing is that it encourages other people, other believers when you are there. Exhorting one another. I have so seen this so many times where I will be talking to someone and they are maybe struggling with something and I will immediately think, oh, so-and-so just went through that. They should talk. And then I'm like, oh, they're not here today. When I want to connect them. And that's just one little example of, of it. Mm-hmm. But it encourages other people. Your absence is felt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not just about what you're receiving. It's about what you're sharing. And this leads perfectly into point number two, which is to be a member of a church. You have to be using your spiritual gifts and you have to serve one another. Mm -hmm. It's not just about that receiving. It's also about sharing. So if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, best way to figure it out is to faithfully attend, jump in where they need help, in your church, if they're a good church, is going to help you find a place where you fit. Yeah, just start somewhere. Maybe it's something little. You know what? I can say hi to someone and smile. I'll serve on the welcome team. That's yep. all you have to do. Yeah. Or maybe you really love kids and God's given you a gift. Serve in the nursery. Maybe you like want to be a police and you want to serve on the security team. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different avenues. And that's what's beautiful about the body of Christ is that God gives us all in unique beautiful ways. Whereas where I'm good at may not be what you're good at, but God uses that. And it's such a beautiful thing to actually to take a micro, a macro view of the church and what everybody does. Oh, it's amazing. And how it, it all just is like a your body, just like scripture yeah. talks about the arms and the legs and the heart. They all have a purpose. And without the other, it's difficult. Yeah, it all connects. It all matters. You affect other people. So praying in other people's lives, speaking a word of truth to them. It's such an awesome thing to see that working in harmony. It's so awesome. I think, too, there has to be a balance with it because you can be gung-ho and serve almost too much and you get burned out. And that's Mm -hmm. not what we're talking about. We're talking about a healthy serving of you're walking with the Lord and he's given you the desire and you want to serve and some people want to serve more than once a month in kids, but we don't let them because it's like, hey, this, you need to be in church. Yeah, you need to be in church. But also, they also love doing it. You get to uh-huh. that point where this is a ministry. Like, I am also worshiping Christ by serving. And yeah, it's so a huge piece. Thirdly, we always have to include this. And we've done podcasts about this. We won't spend a lot of time on it. But I think for that, it's so important mm-hmm. to have your heart generous and open-handed and giving part of that has to be supporting the local church, which is Christ plan one a, and there, Mm -hmm. and there really is no plan, no plan B like the church is the arms, the feet of Jesus Christ. So giving to the church is huge. And I think some people are always like, Hey, I don't have any money to give. I can just give my time. Some people go the other side and they're like, I don't have any time to give. I'm just going to give money. But it's really a blend of both. You got to have a blend of both of those things. I was in a pastor's huddle the other day, and 
they were talking about church finances and it was really helpful stuff just how you can budget all these nuts and bolts behind the scenes of managing god's money and they were actually talking about developing givers as well in your church because this guy he was like a church financial guru he was saying anybody that gives under 250 dollars a year they actually don't really even count that as a giving unit um because it's not something that you is can this like a really big on. church less than $250 a year. You're basically just getting rid of the people that are like throwing a 20 in maybe two or three times a year. And you're not banking on that person to make your budget. budget. Yeah. Yeah, For your budget. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they're like, okay, if they're over this range of, cause I mean, what, $250 a year, just break that down. That's not a lot, right? It's about 20 bucks. And one pastor on there was talking about, oh, okay. Why? For me, it's like, uh, $1,200 a year. If they give less than a hundred dollars a month and I'm like, oh, we, Definitely don't do that with our church. But it was interesting. The part that I I bring this all up to say is they were talking about like your stages of giving. You know, you have people that they would call emerging givers. These are people who are just learning how to give. Like it's new for them Mm -hmm. and they're just getting a taste of it. Once they start being generous and they realize the joy that comes with that and the blessings Mm -hmm. that start coming with that and how God provides, they grow into it. But there's emerging givers there's sacrificial givers mm-hmm. and there is extravagant givers. And like if everybody in your church is just lingering underneath this emerging giver stage, you have to teach that. And then if, all right, they're giving their, they're scraping out 8% and then they're giving the two other percent somewhere else. And then we're just good with that. And we're just going to keep them there. Then there's never any growth that grows stagnant as well. Mm-hmm. But to be in a place where you are giving sacrificially, where you say, Hey, this is something that I actually don't have to do this. I don't have mm-hmm. to get this Starbucks or go to this restaurant every week. And you you sacrifice something for giving. And then you get to the point of extravagant givers. And we have some of those people in our church. Mm-hmm. Like they give above and beyond the 10% tithe because they're on fire for Jesus and they believe in his mission. And mm-hmm. they're excited about what this church can do. And they've tasted of the joy that comes from being that way. Yeah. Absolutely. So giving is something between you and the Lord. It's something that just like any area of your Christian life, it's an area you need to grow in. So we're not going to just ignore it and never talk about it just because it's uncomfortable. But yeah, we know members of a church should give. Number four is praying. Mm-hmm. We have to be a church that moves forward on our knees. And as we've just been talking about a lot recently through through John 14, 15, 16, abiding in Christ, abiding in the vine, like a big part of that prayer is you talk to God mm-hmm. and you slow down and you listen and you let the Spirit speak to you. Have an actual conversation where it's not just a one-way shouting off commands and asking for things and then moving on. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of relationship is that? So slowing down and listening to Him is with prayer. And I think we can move on to our last point here. It's Mm. inviting others to come be part of the church. Do you have a spirit of invitation? Yeah, just come and see what God is doing here. Mm -hmm. That is, and obviously for you to be excited to want to bring your friends, our church should be doing the right things, right? If a whole bunch of details are sloppy and it's ugly and it's unkept and the preaching's horrible and the worship person's off tune like you're not going to want to bring someone into that so yeah of course the church should be sharp we should be doing things excellently for Mm -hmm. the glory of god but when we do that and you are moved in your spirit Mm -hmm. you're gonna want to share that with other people to the point where it's like you come and see this 
got to experience what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And that's the best way to bring someone into a relationship with a church family like that. It's just to share it, have that spirit of invitation and don't give up. People don't know what they're missing until they actually taste it. And once you finally get to the point where they taste it and they jump in, a lot of times we've seen people, people can't have enough. Yeah. I think too, as we wrap this up, you as the listener, we gave five points. We could have had more. Pick out one mm-hmm. that maybe as we were talking, you thought, ooh, I could do better at that. Yeah. And talk to the Lord about it. Yeah. And put some practical steps into your life to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's more than one. I just make it attainable for you. Mm-hmm. How are you doing with your priorities? Mm-hmm. Are they in step? Are you like, man, my life is so crazy that church is taking a back seat? You can get easily into the place where you're so busy with everything else that you can barely make it to church yourself. And then, of course, you're not going to be able to spend time and inviting other people and serving the way you want to serve. You can also get in a place where you're serving too much. And it's like mm-hmm. your whole church life because it revolves around serving. And then you don't have time to, to be pray <laughs> and to be fed. Yeah, yeah. So all these have to work in cohesion with one another. But I think a lot of times the root problem for a lot of it is we just haven't prioritized and, and kept our margin where it needs to be. And that is like a linchpin that can really wreak havoc on all the others. And it also is a huge indicator where your heart's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is your heart at? Yeah. When you know Christ, when you see what he's doing in your life, you're going to be ready to share that with everyone else. And you're going to be ready to build up and edify the body that you're in as you faithfully worship Christ. Amen. Go get some turkey. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Green bean casserole. Sweet potato souffle. Cranberry sauce. You know what? Uh, Here's my advice. Don't eat the cranberry sauce. Yeah, don't offend anyone. Usually there's like a good cranberry sauce and a bad cranberry sauce. I just picture it coming out of a can and on the table and you can still see the ridges from the can (laughs) in the cranberry. That that would be the bad cranberry sauce that you don't want to have. Don't waste room in your stomach for that. This is what I was going to say too. Don't waste room on too much bread. You can have bread all throughout the year, okay? You can only get that great turkey gravy and those leftovers and that mashed potatoes. So don't fill up on bread just like a cheesecake factory don't fill up on the bread save room for the good stuff that's his philosophy if you like bread like i do it's okay okay yeah (laughs) it's when there's diversity in the body right (laughs) yes (laughs) all right we'll talk to y'all again soon you're loved bye-bye